Alright, welcome back to Catching Up David. This is episode number 20, Pokemon colon the first movie colon Mewtwo Strikes Back. Yes. Hello, Hallie. Hello, David. Hello, Kristen. Hello, I did not think this was called Pokemon colon the movie colon Mewtwo Strikes Back. This was Pokemon colon the first movie. Did I watch the wrong one? No, it's Mewtwo Strikes Back as a subtitle, oh. kind of. Like, like saying the colon isn't wrong, but omitting the colon also isn't wrong. I feel like saying Strikes Back implies that we have seen him before, and we haven't. It's a weird title because he's striking back against something we only just saw in the 10-minute opening montage. So I don't, I don't really like the Mewtwo Strikes Back title, but it is what it is. Yeah, the weird thing about it is it's actually a, a movie that is in three parts. The first part being the 20-minute, like, kind of trippy short called Pikachu's Vacation, which I think they lump together as, like, all part of the same thing. So you've got Pikachu's Vacation, you've got the 10-minute prologue, which is apparently wasn't originally part of the English version of the movie, where you learn all about the origins of Mewtwo. Wow. That only got added on at the, um, the home release, I think. They were really just going to throw us into the deep end then. They were. You guys got a Pikachu short movie? Yes. No, but I know it's a short, but I didn't want, I mean, I've seen it, but I didn't watch it for this go-round, because it's an extra short that was like... You, you fast-forwarded all the way to the end of the VHS tape to watch it. It's not part of the... Oh, really? It was it was the yeah. very first thing that happened when I popped the DVD in. Is what? Pikachu's Vacation came up. Well, that's just like an extra piece, though. It's not... I so... was denied this experience altogether. I watched it on Amazon, and that's how... Uh... I watched it on Amazon. Yeah. So that's like an extra thing that came... As a bonus, it's interesting they just play it first right away on the DVD now because you used to have to work for it. Yeah, no, it, it was the very first thing. And I, I skipped it the first go around just because I was like, oh, this is just a short. But as I was reading about it on the Wikipedia, they were like, it's all part of the same movie. So I I watched it. Did it enhance your experience? It had my favorite Pokemon in it, which we will talk about when we get to favorite Pokemon. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So... Pokemon the first movie is a 1998 anime film released in the United States in November of 1999. It's directed by Kunihiko Yuyama, who's the chief director of the Pokemon TV series. And the American release stars the voice talent of Veronica Taylor, Rachel Lillis, Eric Stewart, Philip Bartlett, Ikui Otani as Pikachu, and Roger Parsons as the narrator, who has a really good narrator voice. I like his narrator voice. He does! And I'm pretty sure that's the narrator from the TV show, too. I think that's true. Whenever I, I was really thrown off by the narration. I didn't expect it. I forgot about that part entirely. So they were like, our heroes today. And I'm like, what? What's happening? Where's it Ash? Just, like every episode that way, just in case you forget what town Ash is in and what their <laughs> next goal is. Yeah. Whenever we watch an animated movie, I always try and look up what else the voice actors have done. Because it's really fun for me to discover someone that I've like never seen in person has been the voice of all sorts of people and creatures and things that I've I probably haven't actually seen, but I've at least heard of the movies they've been in. So, a couple fun facts: Veronica Taylor, the English dubbed voice of Ash, is also April O'Neil from the early two thousands Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, and was Sailor Pluto in the most recent Sailor Moon. 
And the most recent Sailor Moon. Interesting. Yeah, there's apparently, there's a lot of Sailor Moons. I only yeah. know the one that they played on, I think it was called Toonami at the time. It was on the Cartoon Network back in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That was the Sailor Moon that I know. But they've, yeah. there's a lot of Sailor Moon. Philip Bartlett, the voice of Mewtwo, was in the original Broadway production of Angels in America, which is one of my favorite plays. <laughs> Koichi Yamadera, the voice of Mew, is known... He's apparently a very famous Japanese voice actor. He's known for dubbing Jim Carrey, Brad Pitt, and Eddie Murphy into Japanese, and is the official dub voice of the Japanese Donald Duck. Wow, good for him. Also... And, and... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Also, Ikui Otani, the voice of Pikachu, is Morgana from Persona 5. Oh my god, I'm playing Persona 5 right now! I know, I, I haven't played it, but I know Hallie is playing it right now. Yeah, I didn't know that, playing Royal. I didn't know Morgana was Pikachu. Fake it's amazing. Fan. You should have known that. What were you gonna, I don't think... What were you no. going to say, Hallie? Wait, when? Before I cut you off. Oh, I was just going to say, the Japanese voice actor for Donald Duck and who has localized all the other famous comedians. All he did in the Pokemon movie was go, Mew! I know. <laughs> it was, like, delightful, but, like, someone who clearly has such skill with his voice just doing Mew, Mew, Mew for a whole movie is really amusing to me. Yeah. I think they, they also did Chris Pratt in the Avenger movies. Is that Star-Lord? Star-Lord? Yeah. He did it! Yeah. Yeah. Also Star-Lord in, in, in uh, Japan. Wow. You get a point for that. Great. You do. You get a point. Excellent. You get a point. Doing my research. I get seven points because I'm me, but you do you not. You haven't even played Persona 5 Royal. You don't even know who Morgana is. You don't even know what I was doing just before this. I was probably playing Persona 5 Royal. Morgana is my favorite. <laughs> You idiot. What's Morgana's favorite food? I don't have to prove myself to you at all. What's Morgana's favorite mode of transportation? Unicycle. No, you get two more tries at random times throughout this episode. It's a unicycle. It's not my fault that you don't know this about a character you supposedly enjoy. (laughs) Get educated. Anyway. Anyway. The movie. In Japan. The film was positively received, and especially praised for the way it handled ethical topics like cloning and genetic modification, as well as Mewtwo's existentialism. In the US, however, the critics sort of hated it, especially yeah. the voice acting, which, I don't know, I thought it was fine. It's, no, it's pretty par for the course for like that kind of movie. Like, it was at least on level with the show, my, which is all you can... Ex- I don't think... This is probably falls more to the voice acting thing, but I think my biggest issue with it was the fact that when the characters were, like, looking around, they were always making, like, throat sounds, like, mm, mm. I don't even know if you can hear me doing that, but it was the worst. And I'm like, can you just, like, look silently? I get that you're making noise to tell us, the viewers, that you're looking around, but stop it. That's a very anime thing, making closed mouth noises to indicate that you're, like, present and thinking about things instead of just animating the faces to look present and thinking about things. I love it. You're wrong. <laughs> you, don't even, you don't even know Morgana's favorite food. It's sauerkraut spätzle. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. You get one more try. This might, anyway, <laughs> this might be a good t- 
time to note that this is the not only the milestone 20th episode this is the first episode that we've recorded since like late february early march and we're doing yeah it's been a long time and we're doing it it over the internet we are we're doing this remotely our our first go at doing it remotely yeah so if the sound quality sucks or the sound yeah it Hallie's the the one recording it. I am the one recording everybody, but I'm doing my best. Yeah, so just in case there's anything you notice with the sound, that's the reason why we are very far apart right now. Anyways, the movie. Regardless of the criticism, it was a worldwide box office hit, topping the charts its opening weekend and eventually earning $172 million. And just this year... A CGI remake of the movie entitled Pokemon colon Mewtwo Strikes Back M-Evolution was released mm-hmm. on Netflix, which I also watched and Hallie watched. Mm-hmm. I was not even told that this was an option, so not I couldn't do it because no one told me because I was left out I of the loop. I thought that you knew. So, I did not. Don't you usually profess to know everything? Because I usually do know everything. This is one time I slipped up and no one came to my what aid. What makes now different? I have stitches, Hallie. <laughs> I can't be on top of everything. I can't even see your stitches anymore. If I can't see them, they're not real. Anyway, the movie. Sidetrack. The movie. Um, oh, about critics not liking it. I told my mom. I was like, oh yeah, I watched Pokemon the first movie again. And I was like, during the opening sequence tearing up because just the memories of being in the theater were coming back and i was just like oh my god i love this movie i can't believe i forgot about it and my mom was like and how was it watching it as an adult and i said you know what it's got a lot of heart it's got a lot of heart and she went "Mm." because watching it as an adult with you in the theater was the worst (laughs) and she just went out about how much she hated it when she saw it with me and she was like all the adults in that audience felt the same and I can, I can see that. I can see all the parents being like, what the fuck are our kids watching? <laughs> I didn't like, yeah, get sorry, to Mom. see it in theaters. I only had like the DVD. No, not DVD. This is too old. I had the VHS. I didn't get to go to the movies. My parents. And the thing is, my, I told my mom that we took the Sporkle quiz. And I was like, Mom, guess how many I got out of 151. And she was like, you know what? If I had taken this when you were little, I watched that every morning with you girls. I could have gotten all 151. So, she apparently enjoyed it enough to watch it every morning, but not enough to take me, her child, to My the theater. My mom hated it, and she told me that from time to time when I was a child. She'd be like, I don't, I don't know what you see in this show. It just, it's violent, and it's weird. And I'd be like, Mom, shut up! <laughs> Everybody my age loves this. This is a wonderful show built on friendship and purity of heart. So that's just like, I can see why it wasn't received well by critics in America is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, but the critics probably enjoyed the most recent Grinch movie, which was atrocious. There have been, I think, approximately three times in my whole life I've wanted to walk out of a movie, and that was one, and I regret that I didn't walk out of the movie. And critics are probably like, this is the best Grinch movie ever, so those same critics probably didn't like this movie, and therefore I don't trust them. Yeah, fuck the critics. Anyway, moving on. Keep going. (laughs) In case it's been a while since you've seen it, Pokemon, the first movie, colon, Mewtwo Strikes Back 
follows Ash, Misty, and Brock, who we all know, of course, to New Island, where they have accepted a mysterious invitation, along with other upcoming trainers, to meet the most powerful Pokemon trainer in the world. The trio battle a raging storm to arrive at the island, where they discover the most powerful Pokemon trainer in the world is none other than the most powerful Pokemon in the world, Mewtwo, a souped-up genetic clone of the rare Mew Pokemon. Mewtwo wants to rule the world with his formidable psychic powers, and with an army of Pokemon cloned from the originals brought by the trainers to the island, sets about to put his plan into motion. But Ash and his friends have other ideas. Some notes shoot Stew, a Viking disguise, and a noble sacrifice to save the day. Pokemon! I've had the Pokemon okay, theme song stuck in my head for like two plus weeks now. The way it should be. I want to... Oh, I was just going to say, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the way you, you sang the Pokemon at the end. Yeah. That was a nice touch. You get another point. I'm just racking up the points today. You are. I do want to rewind, though, because you spoke of Brock as if you legitimately didn't know who Brock was. I legitimately did not know who Brock was. He's a main character in the TV show. Which is, it's not which is a, a good to be there. It's a good segue into the fact that it should be noted, I've never seen the Pokemon TV show before. Or played any of the video games, or God. played the card game. Like I knew, I knew all this going in, but it's worse hearing you admit to it. Yeah, it's always worse no. when I say it out loud. <laughs> this is a complete sidebar. This is a complete sidebar. But I remember the other day that I had a dream where I was going to go meet my friend to watch the Pokemon movie. And I, no, I think we had already made this plan. That's why Pokemon was on the brain. But she got very mad at me because I had to go find my binder and then drive somewhere and then come back and everything kept taking a long time. But it was nice because we used to have, I never officially like played the card game. We just collected the cards and my sister refused to let me get rid of any Jigglypuff one. So we had a billion Jigglypuffs, but it was always really fun when you got like a glittery card. Top notch. Pokemon does have really nice hollow foils. I think is what they're actually called. Is that is that right? I don't know. I didn't actually like the cards. I just liked the shows and I liked the toys. Oh, and I, liked I was I was all about cards. I have a couple Pokemon cards that I got just randomly over the years. Yeah, I've got a few. I use them as bookmarks. They do card cards like like game cards do make really good bookmarks. I've definitely done that before. The other day I used a paper towel. It's a good bookmark. Wow, that's less cool than a Pokemon card significantly so so everything i know about pokemon really comes from just sort of cultural osmosis with a few extra bits tossed in from being around people who play the games like i had a, a roommate when i lived in california who was really into the some of the video games and also like a video game version of the card game or something so i'd watch him play that sometimes and i picked up a couple little pokemon things here and there but watching the movie was really being thrown into the deep end of pokemon lore and I don't know that I had the easiest time following it. It just seemed sort of like an extra long episode of a cartoon I'd never watched, which I guess is sort of what it is. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. There were a few things I knew or remembered like as soon as I saw them. Like I knew Ash was the main character and I remembered Misty existed as soon as I saw her. I, <laughs> I, I didn't remember her up until that point, but then there was Misty. I was like, oh, Misty. And then I, I had just never heard of Brock. 
Like I, I was don't like wanna... Brock is one of the main guys. Yeah, and it's he's Brock, like Misty and Ash. He's not in the first episode, but he's not introduced any later than like the third or the fourth, I think. No, I had just never heard of him. He he just seemed like this skeezy like thirty year old or something hanging around um, with these middle schoolers. Not... He's not, like, 30, but his gag in the show is that he likes every woman ever. Yeah. And he hits on every woman ever, but especially the Officer Jennies and the Nurse Joys. Yeah, that yeah, was... that was... Right. That was, like, his only contribution in the movie, was talking about how pretty all the women were. I, I yeah, wasn't even, I wasn't even, like, convinced he had any Pokemon. That looked really good. <laughs> he has, like, maybe three Pokemon. He's got an Onyx Ninja dude. He met, he mentioned his his Vulpix at one point okay. when um yeah when Mewtwo was going around stealing them all with his his special yeah. evil Pokeballs. Got, the Vulpix is his best Pokemon. All of his other Pokemon are Rock type because he's the Rock type gym leader. Okay, that's what he is. That's what he does from Pewter City. I was gonna say I completely forgot that he had Vulpix because he was holding it, and I'm like, um, this doesn't seem like a very Brock. Pokemon. I couldn't pinpoint why, but yes, it's because he has Geodude and the the Rock Snake guy. Yeah, getting Vulpix is a special episode for him because occasionally they'll give somebody like a new Pokemon, and it's a big deal when that happens because the main team only has their core like three to six, and the six is only if you're Ash. Despite the series being about catching them all, he does he doesn't do that. He sticks with one trusty team. So it's 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 fun when like a new core Pokemon is added to the team. Anyway, Brock's real and <laughs> <laughs> that's about it for Brock. He's fine. I don't like him that much. I don't dislike him though. Yeah. So any- anyway, yeah, there's going to be a lot more things that I'll need to get caught up on during this episode than usual. Just because yeah. the movie doesn't really go out of its way to introduce newcomers to the Pokemon no. like mythos, I guess. Like I was Absolutely expecting, not. I was no. expecting something a little bit more like the Batman movies, where regardless of the movie, there's always a scene of Bruce Wayne as a child watching his parents get murdered, and you sort of understand that like <laughs> that's what you wanted out of the Pokemon movie. You're like Ash, we have to see your parents die for me you to understand the origin story. But like the origin story is literally Ash waking up one day and being like i'm gonna be a pokemon trainer (laughs) that's it yeah i mean yeah but i mean like at least with batman you get like you understand what the inciting incident is that leads him to become a crime fighter here you've just got ash misty and brock just kind of wandering around and i didn't know anything about their backstories the like the narrator at one point mentioned that ash had left home to become a pokemon yeah. trainer i was like uh, is he just is he homeless is he a runaway like what no, is that's what you do when you're 10 you can officially become a pokemon trainer and you can leave home on your own that's the rules <laughs> and you get a pokemon from um professor oak if you're in pallet town they only ever do pallet town is the starter town and then the starter town is different in the game so i guess if you're from some other town that doesn't have professor oak you're out of luck but there are three starter pokemon and ash was late so he didn't get any of the starter pokemon he got pikachu who is a little shit in the beginning but then he and pikachu bond and pikachu stays out of his pokeball and that's why pikachu is like the protagonist starter okay there you go that's That's a that's a lot that's a lot more than I knew about Pokemon. Yeah, voila. I thought he was just, like, out catching stuff after school or whatever. No, he's on a journey. He left home. when you're No, he's, like, traveling. Yeah, when you're a trainer, you have to, like, 
you have to collect gym badges from different towns, and then when you have eight gym badges, you can go challenge the Elite Four, who are like gym leaders, but stronger. And then you become the Pokemon Master, and Ash wants to become the Pokemon Master. That's that's so intense. Lore, yeah. And he's ten! His friends are about the same age. I think Brock is maybe supposed to be 15. We're gonna pretend that they're all, like, at least 15, because it's weird if they're 10. No, it's super weird, but that's... Brock can't be 10. Brock's gotta be at least, like... Brock is supposed to be a little bit older. He might actually supposed to be around 15. Because his backstory is that he is the gym leader, but also he has, like, 10 younger brothers and sisters, and he was hanging around to watch over them. And then he leaves with Ash because he wants to be a Pokemon breeder. And for some reason, he thinks Ash is going to be able to help him uh, live that dream. And then somebody else takes over the gym who could have taken over the gym at any point. Uh, And I don't remember exactly why Brock is okay leaving his small family now. And by small family, I mean large family, but with many small children. That's his backstory. Things that you now know because I like Pokemon. I know so much now. Yeah, the first, thing I, the first thing I wanted to talk about was what are your own personal histories with Pokemon? Like, how much of the show did you watch? Did you play the games? Um, I definitely watched the show growing up. I had, I believe I had a Pokemon game, but I don't recall. If I did, it was on probably Game Boy. I forgot that I had a Game Boy until just this moment. But I watched the show in the morning all the time. And, like, as we were watching, or I say we, it was really just me. As I was watching the movie last night, I was thinking of all the different episodes that I don't remember actual, like, whole chunks of or the plot at all. But I remember certain bits and things, like, when all the tentacles and tentacruels are, like, up and Gyarados is, like... And so I remember that was like, I should find that episode. I don't know where it is. I don't know what it's called. I know that Misty has annoying water Pokemon. I think that's the whatever. horsey episode. But Just letting you know. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is the horsey episode. And there was another, like, when they were to eat little little bits of food, when Pikachu had the little brown things, I remember the episode with Vulpix when he has these little tiny things and they look like chocolate balls. And so it was a lot of, like, fond memories watching Pokemon, because I had seen the movie before when I was a youth, and I watched the show when I was a youth, but I hadn't really given it much thought of anything until I played Pokemon Go, which I started again on my phone. So that's fun. But, yeah, I'm not as into it as Hallie is, and I probably wasn't as into it as a child because like I said I also didn't trade the cards or play the game I just collected them because I wanted the pretty cards for the pretty Pokemon yeah it was a good time it was a good like childhood staple show that I was very into Pokemon was like my top obsession when I was a child I don't remember how I got into it I just remember being into it it's like always been a state of being with me and I watched like I watched the show a lot but I was never able to catch it in the order it was intended. So I'm a little bit iffy on like the actual overarching plot. Um, but my cousin had VHS tapes and I would watch those with him. But again, always out of order. So I've pieced things together over a lot of scattered episodes and a lot of Saturday mornings where all I wanted to do was watch Pokemon. And then I also had Game, uh, Game Boy Advance. So I've played most of the Pokemon games. Uh... 
I've played the most recent one, Sword and Shield, which I loved, but I haven't played the ones leading up to that. So I'm I'm really strong on the original Pokemon, and I'm pretty strong on the second generation Pokemon, and I am wishy-washy on everything else. But I respect that it's still going strong. I love that it's still a thing. It's great. Oh, I had the toys. They had these baller toys uh, when I was a kiddo. There was a store called Zany Brainy that is now dead, but it sold the Pokemon and they came in the balls and there was a hole in the ball for a keychain. So you could put the keychain on your backpack and you'd have all these little Pokeballs. And I wanted all those Pokemon so badly because if you threw them just the right way, the Pokeball would actually pop open and then the Pokemon would come out. And I still have my Squirtle somewhere and I have my Pikachu and my poor Pikachu is missing his tail and most of the coloring because I just played with that thing so hard. I definitely, yeah, I had the Pokeballs that were a keychain, and the one that was, like, not quite full Pokeball size, but, like, a little bit smaller, and you could hit the button, and it would pop open. Yeah, those were great. Those were the Top. shit to get as a present. And, like, yeah. kids always had yeah, yeah that was one good to three stuff. Pokeballs in their backpacks. It was great. Yeah, like, I, I think I said last episode um, at the very end, but... If I had been a little bit younger, I would have been totally all about Pokemon. It's everything that I wanted as a child and like most of the things I want as an adult. <laughs> got like <laughs> who doesn't just want Pokemon as an adult? Yeah, you've got like cute animals and collecting things and like they've all got their own numbers, so there's all sorts of things to memorize and I'm really into memorizing really <laughs> dumb facts about things. And yeah, and you know, I, I don't play as many video games anymore, but I play them all the time as a child, and I definitely would have done that forever. So I was gonna save this for later, but I really wanna know now. And I spoiler, I already know, but I want everybody else to know. So we each took a Sporkle quiz, which I'll link in the episode description or I'll put it on Twitter or something where we had to try and name each of the 151 original Pokemon in 15 minutes. And all the quiz gives you is like the numbered grid and you have to type in the Pokemon names to see how many you get. So we took it before watching the movie. So we only had our wits and memories to rely on. I went first and I got a whopping 32 Pokemon, which honestly is like eight times as many Pokemon as I thought I was going to get. I really had to dig deep for some of them but like I said, I really, I don't know, I've tangentially been around Pokemon cards since like middle school or early high school. And while I didn't play with them or anything, I have a pretty good memory for just the most useless things. So I pulled out, I got Hitmonchan, I got Hitmonlee, I remember there was a Machop and a Machamp. I didn't know there was You're a right. Machoke, but I got those two. That's the middle one. I know, I'm really bad at the middle ones. I didn't get War Turtle either. I got Oh no. I got I got Blastoise, I got Squirtle, I got all the Bulbasaur ones, but I didn't remember Oh and, and Char Chart yeah, Charmander. Uh Charmeleon, which I remembered because you quizzed me on it back in February. Um and I didn't get it then, but I remembered Charmeleon and Charizard. Uh I'm not very good at the middle Pokemon. But I really, I really kind of surprised myself with how many I came up with. So be proud of me, Internet. I know, I know, I, guess, I know a couple Pokemon. I don't know. I made fun of you for thirty-two originally, but I guess it is. But like, 
for somebody who's never seen the show, who's never Tell played any of the sure. games, 32 is like so many Pokemon. Tell them the what? I was actually afraid when I was taking the quiz. <laughs> the muck story. Tell them the muck story. B? Tell it. No, David. Oh. Oh, me. Yeah. When I was, I should have gotten, <laughs> I got 32. I should have gotten 33, but I couldn't figure out how to spell muck. <laughs> I tried I tried every combination I could think of except for M U K. Because I also missed muck one time and I was so mad, but it's so funny that you just spelled it like the right way. I spelled way. it the right C-K. way. I, I went with like M U Q. I had like M U C I had like every everything I could think of except for M U K. Yeah. I love it. So I did. I I did remember muck was a thing. I couldn't figure out how to spell it, so it doesn't count. I I got thirty two. I was actually afraid that I was not going to pass your thirty two because even though the clock had like just started and I typed a few, I feel like I typed in like the first twenty maybe, and then my brain just blanked, and I was like, oh my god, I'm not even going to be David, and he didn't even watch the show. And I just had a moment where I sat there and was like, any Pokemon, just any Pokemon, I have to think of it. And I eventually got there. I did. I, so I got 92. I should have gotten 94 because I knew Execute and Executor, but I could not for the life of me spell it because I thought the egg pun was like Executor. I didn't think it was X egg cuter and like that that never occurred to me to try it that way and so I was trying to do like what David did with mock but all these different executor spellings and was like I I know in my heart that they're there but but they're not here on this list presently because I can't spell but I did pretty well although I was mad I missed one in the first list who was the one I missed I could have had, like, the entire column done, except there was one that I didn't get, and I don't remember who it was. I took a screenshot on my computer, or on my tablet, so I should know, but I was pretty proud. The ones, when I finally saw the list of the ones I didn't get, I looked at it and was like, yeah, I don't think that was going to come to me. Maybe one or two of them would have, but not the rest, so 92, but really 94. Not bad. And Hallie. Also missed- Hallie, how did you do? I I got 122, which is less than I was hoping for. Uh, I also missed Execute and Executor, but just I just forgot about them. I somehow also missed Psyduck and Golduck. Like, I can't believe I didn't remember Psyduck. I, got, I know! I got Psyduck. Psyduck. Yeah, Psyduck is a, is a base one, and I missed him. I missed Seal and Dugong. I missed Farfetch'd, even though Farfetch'd is awesome. Um, which is, sucks, because I was thinking, like, I'm missing some birds. I missed Cubone! Cubone! I got Cubone! I, was I got Cubone's my favorite Pokemon. Got- is he really? Cubone's my favorite. That was the one. Adorable! <laughs> that was the one on the list that appeared that I was like, okay, all these others, no, I probably wouldn't have gotten them. But how did I miss Cubone? So I don't know why my brain hates Cubone. But I should have had that, and I didn't, and I'm sorry. Well, I got 122, and I'm proud of that. Um, also, Martha took the quiz today, 
and she got 120. Martha's but, Martha's a friend of ours from when we worked at the library. Oh yeah, I guess I should offer context for who Martha is. <laughs> she she she, she almost know. she almost guessed it on this episode. She did. Because she is she is a what? big Pokemon fan. Mm-hmm. So first you guys don't tell me that the Pokemon movie is also on Netflix and now you don't bother to be <laughs> like, "Oh, by the way, we may have Martha on this show." I talked to Martha today on Twitter and this was never mentioned. Well, Martha talked to me on Twitter today. She commented like, oh, are you recording a Pokemon thing? Because I tweeted about Team Rocket and how Team Rocket needs its own spinoff show because I'm right. And uh, I was like, do you want to do you want to talk about Pokemon tonight? And she couldn't, which was sad. But then I linked to the quiz just for funsies and she got 120. And she had a message uh, specifically for David that just in case I forget, I'm going to read it now. I'm going to read it word for word. It doesn't have to be in the episode. I just want David to know. Um, Because you had texted me that you didn't understand Team Rocket. And that upset me. So I told told Martha, he doesn't get Team Rocket. And she said, please tell him this. They are fabulous and incompetent. And the United States did a tremendous disservice to us all when they tried and failed to write out their queerness. Jesse and James are icons and you will respect them. You being David. That's you. I I will I would totally respect them. I just I don't get their deal. To be fair, after I watched the first movie, I was like, I guess this isn't like Team Rocket's role is perfect for someone coming in knowing what Team Rocket's MO is. But I guess Yeah. I mean, I sort of I sort of understand that they're the the bad guys of the show or like yeah. something like that, but I couldn't I couldn't tell. And then there was like in the in the 3D version, the um the helicopter guy, the guy that comes in after Mewtwo destroys the yeah. lab. Giovanni. His name's Giovanni. It's never said in the movie. Giovanni. Okay. Um yeah, he comes in and he's got like there's the Team Rocket R on his helicopter in the 3D version and the sort of hideout that they mm-hmm. take Mewtwo and give him the armor and everything that's like a team rocket base and it yeah. seems like they had like a whole private army or something they i do. there were there were a lot more questions raised than answers when i uh, discovered that this helicopter giovanni man was also involved with team rocket giovanni is the head of team rocket team rocket is like an evil criminal syndicate and Giovanni is, is uh, legitimately, like, a scary villain. He's an endgame villain in uh, the original Pokemon games, um, who you who you meet, like, 8th gym on. I think he is the 8th gym. Um, and then, so Team Rocket as an organization is present as, like, an evil force. But then Team Rocket as Jesse, James, and Meowth, who we see acting for Team Rocket, are just, like, low-level Team Rocket grunts who aren't very good at what they do. And their specific goal is to get Ash's Pikachu because they have determined that Ash's Pikachu is very, very special. This is because Ash's Pikachu beat them once and a lot of Pokemon beat them a lot of times. So it doesn't really make sense that they latched on to Pikachu specifically as being special. But I'm sure if I rewatched the episode, there would be uh, there would be a clincher for them to think that. So they want Ash's Pikachu like 100% of the time. Yeah, that that makes sense. Like having watched, I I did watch both the the original two D version and the Netflix three D version, and in that one, 
I, the script is slightly different or there's a different translation or something, but they do talk mm-hmm. about Ash's Pikachu when they're watching at the very beginning when they're watching them through the binoculars. The Pikachu line was probably a little more friendly to newbie watchers. Like, as as a Pokemon fan, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, Team Rocket's there. Because Team Rocket's kind of always there. They're not in every episode, but they're in most episodes. Just, like, just barely behind our team of protagonists. Doing things like pretending to be Vikings. I was so glad that was part of your synopsis, because that's one of my favorite gags in the movie. They do that, they do that kind of thing all the time in the show. And, like, it works, because Ash and Co. are not much better at things than Team Rocket is. Yeah, I was I was unclear on the Viking gag, which is replaced by a different sailor sort I, of thing yeah, in the they, 3D version. They have a sea shanty, and that's fine. They do sing a lot more. It's like, they don't do that normally. Like, that was just a new gag that they added for the 3D movie that wasn't as good as the original Viking gag. The Lapras boat was fun, but... It's no Viking. It is no Viking. It is no Viking. So, who are your favorite Pokemon? Last episode, which, again, we recorded back in February, um, Kristen, you had said that Growlithe is maybe your second favorite Pokemon, but that your favorite would be a yeah. spoiler for the movie. Do you still have the same favorite? Yeah. Do you remember what you were talking about? I do. Oh, I good. do remember, actually. My favorite is Mewtwo. I love him. Really? Like, I I get... Yeah, I get that he's a villain here. And watching it... Although that happens a lot. Like, when I was younger and I watched Star Wars, my favorite character was Darth Maul. And then I watched it again when I was older and was like, why? He's in it for about two seconds and he's a bad guy and then he's gone. So Mewtwo is at least around for this. But I, I don't know why young me liked him so much but even now i still am like yes he was he was created and he's struggling with it and he goes through this bad period where he thinks he has to control the world and all the other pokemon and that's not cool but then he comes to terms with the fact that your background and how you got here shouldn't matter and i just really like mewtwo and i think he deserves a lot more than he's been given because he hasn't been given anything i also really like vulpix and nine tails and oh god there's another one who am i forgetting i just i really enjoy mewtwo and when i found out that he's in the super smash brothers which i do not have because i don't have the game nor do i have a console on which to play the game but whenever I'm elsewhere and I can play the game, I always play as Mewtwo, even though I don't know any of his moves or how to work him or how to fight well. But I don't know that for any character, so I may as well be my favorite one. That's true. That's how I play Smash as well. Is It's the only way. Just smash buttons. I just pick Captain Falcon, because I like it when he goes, Falcon, punch! Yeah, that's, I don't know. Yeah. And if you actually hit somebody with that, it does a lot of damage, but you never do because it's like the slowest move in the game. Anyway, that's all I know about Smash. Hallie, what's your favorite Pokemon? Bulbasaur. Always Bulbasaur. I love Bulbasaur so much. And I always like got made fun of like Squirtle or Charmander were like the cool starters. I don't know why. I don't know why that was a thing 
when I was younger. Everybody was so into Squirtle and Charmander, which is fine because they're great. But like they were into Squirtle and Charmander because they weren't Bulbasaur. Like sometimes I'd be like, oh, I started with Bulbasaur. And people would be like, why? It's like, because he's the best one. Shut up. Anyway, Bulbasaur has been getting a lot of love on the internet lately, and I'm very happy for it. I was always, for some reason, annoyed by Squirtle. I don't think I had an actual reason to be annoyed by Squirtle, but young me would just be like, oh, this guy again. <laughs> this... And I don't know, something about him bugged me. Have you seen the Squirtle Squad episode? <laughs> I probably didn't watch it that much, because I was like, there are five of them now? There are so many Squirtles, and they're all troublemakers, and at least one of them has sunglasses, but I think it's probably the whole gang of Squirtles. <laughs> has sunglasses. I love the Squirtle Squad. Yeah, I don't, maybe that's the reason. That's why I asked. I wondered. I don't know. For some reason, young me, young me did not like the Squirtle Squad. Maybe. I don't know. This, this was many moons ago and I can't access those memories. But No. no, I think part of the problem too is that I didn't, necessarily like water pokemon because a lot of misty's pokemon were water ones almost all of misty's pokemon are water pokemon all of her pokemon were the most annoying like she had a magikarp maybe she didn't but she was very like she did not have a magikarp she had a goldeen i don't know but she was always hanging out with the magikarps and i'm like they're useless they just flop around they don't do anything and then she had horsey horsey was cute i'll give her that and then she had Goldine, who would just be like, Goldine, like he didn't, Goldine doesn't do anything. And then well, she had um, <laughs> Psyduck, which is not a water Pokemon. He's psychic. But yes, he, he is. He's psychic me. and he's water. I have so many rebuttals for everything that you're saying, but I'm just letting you finish. I don't know. All these things. I just, I would get constantly annoyed by the water Pokemon all the time. So maybe that's why I was like, fine, I'm choosing fire. Water's opposite. I will like the fire Pokemon. I don't even know. But I didn't... Something about the water You chose water's weakness. Me. Yeah. Just despite it. Like any water trainer could just destroy you. <laughs> Your fire team. Uh, Goldeen is great. There, In one of the first episodes, there is a part... Where they're gonna fight Team Rocket for the first time, and Misty sends out her Goldeen, which flops on the floor, and then she returns it. And they're like, why did you do that? She's like, I was just warming up. And it's silly. I don't know why it's in the show. It bothers me. But when the SS Anne went down with um, Ash and friends on it, they used Goldeen to, like, scope out what areas of the ship didn't have a lot of water in it so that they could feasibly escape. Because it flipped upside down and they were stuck in, like, an air compartment. And Goldeen was very useful then. Okay, I do remember that. Yeah, and, um... I do remember that, but I don't know. It's like, okay, you have to have one special episode to make you useful. Okay. That means you're not really that much it was of a that, useful Pokemon It was that same general. episode. Or at least, because it was a two or three parter. It was part of that series of episodes with Magikarp because James was told that Magikarp was a super rare and powerful Pokemon. So he spent all their money on the Magikarp. And then he revealed this because he was like, I do have a water Pokemon because Team Rocket doesn't have any water Pokemon. And it's this Magikarp, which just flops around and goes like, Carp. And it's a very derpy Pokemon. And I love it very much. And everybody gets mad at James and is like, you made a bad choice. Uh, and then they get mad at Magikarp, so they kick it into the water. But Magikarp evolves into Gyarados, who is a cool water dragon who was in 
Pokemon, the first movie, Mewtwo Strikes Back. Uh, Gyarados, Gyarados is cool. Gyarados is cool, and he's super mad at everybody, so then they have to, like, run away in the water, and it's a very fun scene. And James, James goofed. He could have had, like, an actual Gyarados on his side. But he didn't. Those are my rebuttals to all your thoughts. Eh. I stand by what I said. They were really good. <laughs> Morgana thinks so. No, she does not. I would know. Would you? Because you used a she pronoun. I've already won. I'm just going to leave it there. My favorite Pokemon is Cubone. I have played it. I know nothing about it. Cubone! Cubone's a really good pick. Yeah, my, my favorite is Cubone, the saddest of all the Pokemon. He is so sad. It's, it's, but it's sort of, it's this really bizarre and kind of poignant portrayal of grief in a children's cartoon. Yeah. This little, like, dinosaur beast that wears his dead mother's skull and cries yeah. a lot because he misses her. It's so sad. And you never played the games, but in, um... In the in the originals in Lavender Town, you have to like beat up his mom's ghost. What? <laughs> you have to like get a sylph scope and then come back to Lavender Tower because you can't get to the top because it's haunted by ghosts. And there's one you can't identify because they're all ghost type Pokemon except for one, like Ghastly Haunter, Gengar, uh, except for the one. And then when you get there, uh, it's a ghost Marowak, and. It's the mom of the little Cubone who you've seen running around. And Team Rocket, not like Jesse James Meowth Team Rocket, like Team Rocket proper, killed Cubone's mom. So you have to fight the ghost to put it to rest. And then when you do, everything is fine. Like, Director Fuji comes and gives you a flute. Yeah, you gotta beat up the ghost. And then there are remakes of the original games that make them more fun to play. And less of a, less of a, like, a slow drag to get through. Uh, and in that one, Cubone is kidnapped by Team Rocket, and I actually really like that change. It's just, like, a fun way to raise the stakes. You still have to beat up the Marowak ghost, though. Oh, that sounds terrible. I don't want to beat up his dead mother. It's, no, it's just her ghost. Her <laughs> oh, she, she's, her she's already it's dead. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. That's what you have to do for Cubone, and then he's raised by a kindly old man who runs basically a daycare. Well, I guess that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Cubone is in the Pikachu's vacation short, and he's sort of, like, self-centered, and he doesn't... They they have to... Charizard gets his head stuck in a pipe, and everybody has to band together and, like, pull on this rope to pull him out, and they almost get him, but there's one Pokemon that isn't helping, and it's Cubone, and the narrator is like... Cubone's the loneliest Pokemon because he only thinks of himself. And I was like, that, I don't know anything about Pokemon, but from what I've read about Cubone, he's just really sad. <laughs> That's his type. His type is lonely. Yeah. Anyways, it made me happy to see that it was hanging out with some friends, even if his friends were kind of jerks in the short. But they all learned their lesson and they play with the good Pokemon. So. Yeah. This is so neither of you watched neither of you watched the short. No, but. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm really mad. I didn't watch the short. I'm gonna watch it later. Yeah. Anyways, it's not our fault that Amazon didn't have. Yeah, it. I'm really I'm. It should pretty have. sore. That's true. Amazon yeah. Prime. So I have a lot of questions. Good. <laughs> that are some of them which we've we've answered already, but 
they were just like general Pokemon questions. I, I, I wanted to know who Brock was and who Giovanni was. Okay. The deal with Team Rocket, I think we've covered. So is Pokemon just sort of like, it's not like dog fighting, is it? What is, I, I guess I was confused at the end when the Pokemon clones were fighting the originals and the trainer kids were like, oh God, fighting is so awful. Like, isn't that sort of what they were training them to do? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the dialogue at the end isn't very good. Well, the, one of them does say, like, Pokemon weren't meant to fight. Not like this. <laughs> so they at least acknowledge there are other circumstances under which Pokemon are supposed to fight. Yeah, you battle Pokemon to get badges and stuff so that you're the Pokemon master. And the games, of course, are about battling and using, like, tactics to win um, so Pokemon basically is dogfighting, which is a joke the internet likes to make a lot. Oh, okay. But, like, it's, it's, you know, uh, I don't really have a defense of it, except that it's Pokemon. <laughs> like, my mom called it too violent when I was a kid and, like, let me watch it, but wouldn't, but would, like, remind me. Like, the show is very violent. I don't like how they fight each other all the time. And I'd be like, Mom, it's battling. And my defense today as a 28-year-old adult is still, Mom, it's battling. So <laughs> I don't really know how to acknowledge the fears about the dog fights. Yeah, I guess. I feel like I I was actually more, I think, like, quote-unquote uncomfortable when I watched Detective Pikachu because that one seemed almost more like dog fighting, whereas I always felt in my head that for the show, it was more along the lines of battling and they know someone's going to get hurt, but they always know it's not like serious. It's not like a to the death battle, but they, uh, oh, where was I going with this? I don't, it seemed always more like, yeah, this is what we do. Sometimes we like show off our powers. We get in a little tiny quarrel and then we go eat snacks afterwards and we recover and we recuperate and it's fine. Or maybe they're, like, defending their master's honor. But a Detective Pikachu, it seemed more like, here are our animals, and we have them fight. And it seemed more detached, and I didn't like it. So, Detective Pikachu, though, like, they just... Like, the Pokemon show, of course, would never acknowledge, like, this is dogfighting. Or ever make a scenario that could be compared more to dogfighting. But Detective Pikachu just does it, which I think is actually a really good move, because it's clearly not a legal thing. It's a very seedy location. Um, and then it's, like, a dangerous action scene that's super fun. So it legitimizes and delegitimizes it at the same time and I think it was a really good move on Detective Pikachu's part. I had never heard of it being compared though as like dog fighting because I am not presently super into Pokemon and so I get like that was never a joke or anything that I saw on the internet so maybe if I had really? seen that before it'd be more of a like haha Detective Pikachu's like rolling with it and pointing it out but in like sort of a funny way but to not know that and then to see it, I thought, oh, oh no, oh, this isn't good. It's, it's hard because like all the, all, all the Pokemon that I like are like, they're really cute non-evolved forms because I just want to cuddle. And then they evolve into like beasts that could murder you. And those are also fun because you want to see how Pokemon evolve and they're stronger because of course they are. And in the games, you often have to have them evolve to like learn new moves and stuff and be able to win 
but it is, it is, sometimes I don't like thinking about that aspect of Pokemon, so I just don't. <laughs> All those memes where they're like, we pretend we do not see. Yeah. I mean, That's it's, you. like, I do feel like the people who don't let their kids watch Pokemon because it's too violent because of that aspect are maybe taking it a little bit too seriously. Because at its core, it's, it's about, like, friendship and, you know, like, responsibly raising a pet who was also your best friend. And it's like, it's like children's cartoon logic, you know? The animals are, like, sentient and they're your friends. And then, like, the show does a good job of putting people in situations where the fighting is necessary to some extent. Or where the Pokemon use their abilities. Except for the guy in this movie who was just like, I'm gonna fight you. <laughs> oh my and god, I love that guy. The, the end of it. The, the pirate guy? That battle is one of my favorite parts. <laughs> I love that he just shows up, demands a battle from this child, and then just just gets his ass kicked. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, is that how is that how Pokemon battles usually work? Yes. Just so, some yeah, random just guy show shows up. Out out. The blue and they're like, we're gonna fight. Like, so, in the show, you travel, and then Ash goes to a gym, and then Ash can never just, like, win a gym from the get-go. He always does, like, fetch quests for people, and then wins the gym through being nice and smart, and that's great. Uh, In the game, you have to battle other people, so your Pokemon level up. So if you're walking by somebody, if you make eye contact with them, they'll just fight you, and you can't get away. There's a little exclamation point that pops up. It's amazing. But that is exactly how it works. People just stomp in and challenge you to fights, and then you have to accept. Yeah, I mean, he seemed he seemed yeah. really excited about it. He was. I like that guy. He's just he's just so he just comes out of nowhere. Truly, like it looks like they're on in nowhere on like some coast, and this guy had just been like hiding on a hill and is like strangers. I must fight them. They're like, and then he does. They're clearly you know having what? a he picnic. Sees what he wants and he does it. <laughs> yeah, like respect. <laughs> Waiting for that their is... food to be ready. Okay, so I had some other questions. Okay, so what is Togepi? Okay, Togepi is actually like Togepi is not one of the original 151, but it's one of the newest of the second generation Pokemon. So Togepi kind of waffles between the generations a little bit. Togepi is a psychic Pokemon, and it's an egg. So it it starts as, like, a literal egg, and then when it hatches, the first thing it sees, it thinks is its mom. So if you want a Tokubi, you gotta make sure that, like, you are holding it when it hatches, and that you are facing it. Uh, Misty just happened to be holding that egg that she got through shenanigans, I don't remember. So Tokubi considers Misty its mom. Uh, Tokubi is also very fragile, so, like, a common gag they do in the show is Tokubi, like, wanders around... And gets into dangerous situations, like, on a tightrope, uh, or under swinging saws. And then everybody else freaks out, and usually Pikachu is the one who extracts Tokopi from the dangerous situation. It's very fun. Yeah, there was some of that in Pikachu's Vacation. There was yes. a lot of that. That's basically what Pikachu's Vacation consists of, is saving yes, Tokopi. Babysitting Tokopi, I love it. Yeah. One of the one of the things that made me sad about the 3D movie was that during the picnic scene, Tokopi wanders towards the edge, and Pikachu comes to stop Tokopi from wandering off the edge, and then falls off himself. And it's just a cute background gag 
Although I guess it's in the foreground of the scene, but it's like not the focus of it. Mm -hmm. And that's not in the 3D movie. And I was like, no, you sacrificed a really cute moment for nothing. That's bad. Don't do that. I like Tokopi a lot. I had a little Tokopi toy um, that was like, it was a Tokopi stuffed animal that was approximately the size a Tokopi would be, according to the show. And if you pressed its hand, it would vibrate and go, Tokopi! And it was just really pleasing. I really liked that little Tokopi. I probably still have that somewhere. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to find it. So. That's Tokopi. So do they, do, do the children just like, camp out in the wild what do they yeah where that's that's like you answered yeah that's literally what they do they um wander from town to town like in the game it's a lot of like forest paths or like underground maze puzzles type of a type of a thing so those environmental hazards still exist between all the towns so they spend a lot of time walking through the woods or hiking and they've all got little sleeping bags and like uh their backpacks have like rucksacks in them. They spend a lot of a lot of their time in the wilderness. Sometimes they stay in Pokemon centers. Okay. And what's a Pokemon center? A Pokemon center is where you take your Pokemon when they've been beaten up. Oh, so it's like and like it's, a hospital. It's like a hospital, but also like a hostel. Like um, there are at least a few episodes where they just stay in rooms there that all have like bunk beds that trainers can hang out in. Um, and then you, when you go to the Pokemon Center, you just put your Pokeball on like a thing and then it heals the Pokemon through the Pokeball. But sometimes when they want to be really dramatic in the show, they'll put the Pokemon on a stretcher and they'll do like the little scratch marks that cartoon characters have when they've been in a scuffle. And sometimes there's like a little ventilator. That's when they want to be real, uh, real dramatic. Yeah. So that's where that's where Nurse Joy works. That's why she knows about physiology because she works the Pokemon Center. And every Pokemon Center has Nurse Joy. They're all cousins, but they all have the same name and the same face and the same voice. It's just a running gag. That's fun. Huh. That's that's very strange. Uh, officer Jenny is the same way. Officer Jenny is the police officer in every town, and they are all cousins and they are all related to each other. And Brock hits on every single one. That's. That's very strange, especially considering this movie is all about cloning. Yeah, it's just, yeah, that's just a gag they, like, didn't need to draw on for the movie, but is a running thing in the show every time they go to a new town. There's another one? Yeah. Huh. So, why do some Pokemon live in their Pokeballs and some hang out outside like Pikachu and Togepi? Um, the protagonist Pokemon get to hang outside their Pokeballs. That's pretty much the only reason. Like, Pikachu... In the first episode, which is called I Choose You, Pikachu, Pikachu doesn't like the Pokeball, and Ash has a really hard time trying to get Pikachu to go back inside the Pokeball. And then at the end, he agrees to just like let Pikachu hang out with him outside the Pokeball. There's there's a whole there's a whole thing with with Spearow, which is just a mean, angry little bird Pokemon. I don't know if that's one of the thirty-two Pokemon you got. Spearow, um, I Ash... knew I knew there was one that had a name that was like Sparrow, but I couldn't Yeah I couldn't figure out how to spell it. So that and was another Pokemon that I almost got. Spiro. Um he so Ash tries to get Pikachu to go into the Pokeball for like his own good because he pissed off a Spiro. And then Pikachu realizes Ash is like his friend or whatever, but still doesn't want to go inside the Pokeball. Um so Pikachu just gets to hang out outside and then Tokopi 
is essentially a baby, so just also gets to hang around outside. Um, but for the most part, Pokemon do not appear to dislike Pokeballs. That is also a debate running around on the internet, whether Pokeballs are, like, bad or whether they're good. I like to think they're good because that's easier for me to enjoy the show if I do. What is it, what's it like inside of a Pokeball? Do, do we know? Yeah. No, so there there was supposedly one episode that showed Psyduck in the Pokeball, and it's just like this small little metal ball that he fits in, so it doesn't look good, but I haven't seen that episode, and I once agreed to write for a friend an essay on why that can't possibly be the inside of a Pokeball in college, and um, I haven't done that yet, but that's because I'm researching it. It's a lot of... I like to think they're little houses for the Pokemon. You know, like, that's that's just the technology that they have. And then you catch a Pokemon in a Pokeball, and it becomes their house. Like, they just have a little tiny, like, bed and a little kitchen nook. Yeah, like it, like, it takes on whatever they want it to be, whatever they want their space to be. Oh, I was, I was sort of hoping it was, like, when Mewtwo is in his tank at the beginning of the of the movie and he has these visions of Mew flying around the mountain. I was hoping it was like that. Oh, it could be. I mean, like, there's there's literally no evidence to support my interpretation of it. It's just something that Pokemon has not chosen to acknowledge. To my knowledge. Yeah. I have one more important question about yeah. the show in general, which mm-hmm. is... Which Pokemon would you rather have give you a hug, Squirtle or Bulbasaur? In the movie, they both look so huggable. I know my answer to this. But if Squirtle you had Squirtle, to... does not look huggable. No offense yes, he to Squirtle, does. but like, no, he has a shell that's hard. But he like, has arms. At the big. Be- oh, okay, these little tiny things that are like that, like yes. no, like Bulbasaur both. looks like you give him a hug and he just goes squish. But like Squirtle, I... you hug, and because a shell is basically a rock, you just hug a rock, and then a slimy thing. I think that no, has but a like mouth that freaks me out. It, well, he could be furry though, because it's a squirrel turtle. No. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Squirtle is a squirrel turtle? Yeah, his little tail is like a squirrel. Squirrel, Squirtle. Yeah, like a I. I, I get on. that I get that now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't make that Yeah that leap. Um I I mean Bulbasaur is best Pokemon. Uh so I have to go with Bulbasaur, but like the way this Squirtle hugs Ash is just so nice. And the three D movie did have a lot of really good, nice long Pokemon hugs. It did. Like yeah. I was no, I, I was think- really torn because they both they both give really good hugs in the movies. They're such, they're such good boys. They're such good boys. Who? But which Pokemon would be the best Pokemon to hug? Cubone. Snorlax. But Cubone's he might kill the one you in the process. Cubone's the one who Cubone. needs it the most. Cubone needs it the yeah. most. It would be the best for both of you. Poor Cubone. Yeah. Nine Tails would be very soft. Nine Tails would be very soft. But I also really like Nine Tails. So I'm biased. I'd like to take a nap on top of Snorlax. Uh, that doesn't really count as hugging, though. No. He that would counts kill you as if being he unconscious you. on top of another being. But he's... He's, like, sleepy and warm and and probably soft. So he, he fills all the criteria for a good hug. But there, you do run the risk of him just rolling over and crushing you. Yeah, That's true. 
That happens in yeah. in Pikachu's vacation. <laughs> I believe that. That sounds vaguely I familiar. No, the best one to hug would be Mew. Mew would be the best Pokemon to hug. Mew is one of the cutest Pokemon. Yeah, oh my god, I lost it. I like forgot I remembered this scene the moment I saw it, but I had completely forgotten. When he's on the little the little yes. water spinning thing and he just I falls and then goes back up and then he falls and it was the cutest thing. Like that scene doesn't do anything for the plot or anything, but I'm so glad it's in the movie because it adds so much like warmth to it, you know? I love I love watching Mew just do things. Yeah. So Mew. We're gonna go with Mew. Mew would be a good Pokemon to hug for sure. Yeah. The best Pokemon to hug. Well say it. One of Say it. I mean Bulbasaur is top but... top five probably. Fine. I'll take it. So what's the deal with Pokemon tears? Is this Uh so so Is is, so... is this canon? <laughs> yes. But didn't they the, didn't they mention something earlier in the movie about about a Pokemon crying and it did something? And I tried to pay attention because I remember that yes. all the Pokemon cried at the end. But I apparently forgot to pay attention and then was confused because in no other point in the show did I recall their tears feeling like Not once. Uh, the Harbor so Master, who speaks with an Eastern European accent for no discernible reason. Uh, yeah, she mentioned like an ancient legend because this is... And I quote, the worst storm ever that she's ever seen. Like, not that she's ever seen. They just the, worst the worst storm, storm ever. 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 Yes. Like, ever. And she retells an ancient tale about, like, Pokemon tears. Although in that context, I think the tears calmed waters instead of, like, healed someone. So it's a little bit weird. But it it apparently did intend to foreshadow the tears healing. Which is weird because they take that line out of the 3D one. Apparently, I, really I, I looked this up because I was very confused about the Pokemon tears. According to Bulbapedia, which is the Pokemon wiki, yeah. um, the Harbor Master's story about the power of Pokemon tears to bring people back to life, which I think is like there was people lost at sea or something or drowned in a storm, and then the Pokemon oh. tears brought them back to life. Apparently, that, that the foreshadowing story only exists in the English version. In the really? Japanese version, she simply says it's the biggest storm that she's ever seen. And then uh -huh. in the 3D version, that she says it's like the, the great big storm or like the greatest storm ever or whatever. But yeah. the Pokemon Tears line is only in the specific English dub of the 2D version. That is, that is so strange because I like that line. I like that they set up Pokemon Legend tears like i still buy it either way because it's pokemon but i i i am sad that line was not in the 3d one and is apparently only in the english one yeah i, was... I appreciate that it's in the english one because i thought it was a nice little tiny foreshadow thing but at, at least in the u.s version if you're confused about the tears at the end you can be like hey wasn't there a line earlier on where they mentioned something about pokemon tears and you can think like, ah, must have forgotten it. Wasn't paying enough attention. But if you're in any other country, are you like, what? What happened? So How did that's we get true. here? And you have no context. But I feel like uh, English movies uh, don't trust their audiences quite as much. 
or like American English movies don't trust their audiences quite as much. Like Japan liked, or Japan Japanese critics at least supposedly liked this movie better because of the existentialism that it tackled, and America was like, nah, fam, <laughs> too heavy, too heavy. So I think I think they just have different state. Like I think their kids were like, wow, this is a really meaningful moment instead of I need to be told why this is happening. Okay. That's my take on it. It doesn't matter. I am probably not right. <laughs> like it literally doesn't matter what <laughs> my take on why there's a difference in there is. I just think that America probably handholds their kids a lot more. David, do you know the uh do you know the uh jelly donut Pokemon story? Of course you don't. But it was referenced in the three D movie. I don't. In, with the dialogue. I don't. Um, so Brock talks about donuts at one point, right? He does, yeah. So in the original, like, Japanese episode of of the show, they had, like, um, I think they were rice balls, um, and they ate the rice balls. But because rice balls aren't, like, a common food in America, when the four kids team translated it, I think it was four kids, when whoever team translated it for us American kids. They changed the line to jelly donuts. So these kid, these people are eating like rice balls and they're saying jelly donuts because they just assumed that kids would be like, what are rice balls? Instead of, what do you mean these are jelly donuts? Like that, that's where I'm coming from with the, uh, with the, with the extra foreshadowing line. <laughs> that's why I think it's there because they don't <laughs> trust American audiences to be like, wow, this is a different thing. Really? And I could just, I could just let happen. No, it has to be localized to me, America. Really, really, the solution is to make rice balls more popular because they are I great. Know. They're delicious, much better than jelly donuts. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but I don't like jelly donuts, they're bad. No, I they're better than jelly donuts. I had I paused for a moment, wondering if that was true. But I went to a wedding, and one of the appetizers they had was rice balls, and I basically ate my weight in rice balls, and I've never like been so satisfied with a jelly donut that I thought I'm going to eat my weight in jelly donuts you only do that with rice balls of those two options I guess that's fair what else did I want to talk about I have a bunch of other things but such as so one of the things that the Japanese critics praised especially was the emotional impact of the movie yeah and Hallie I know you had a real time with it like so part of my emotional impact was admittedly at the beginning, just like seeing everything again. And I was like, God, this movie meant so much to me when I was a child and I can feel it all flooding back. But um, I forgot how much, I don't know, like Pikachu running away from the magic Pokeballs yeah. when he's running up the ramp and he's so tired that he has to stop because he's shocking them in between running. Like that really gets to me. Yeah. And then like the tears... Everyone crying for Ash, like, that's fine. Um, but the Pikachu also just slapping, clone Pikachu slapping. Uh, yeah. Pikachu, Pikachu. And they're, and they're so tired. It's that they're all so tired and, like, making really high-pitched noises that really gets me when they do that. Yeah. And I was like, God, this is, like, so much more, this is so sad. And then they play that acoustic guitar song that <laughs> isn't in the 3D movie. And I was like, oh, my God, I remember this song. <laughs> like, I love that. They don't have that song in the 3D movie. They don't that have that song in iconic. the 3D movie. I know. Who thinks what? I'm going to remove the acoustic guitar brother song during this 
during this brawl. That Who song that? makes the movie. Like I, I, I know someone probably will be like, Pokemon makes its own movies, but no, that song makes the movie. You can't just take it out. out. <laughs> you can't just remove it. Like when that started playing, I was like, oh god, oh god, I remember this. <laughs> and I just started like, I just started like emotion squeeing because it was just, I don't know, man. It's like the movie doesn't really deserve to get an emotional impact because like. It objectively isn't that good. And the dialogue about them all fighting is like, people really shouldn't fight. And then the Meowth clone talking to Meowth, who can speak, by the way. If you have any questions about that, David, it's because he read a book once. That's why. I I didn't realize I had questions about that. I just sort of accepted it. But now I do. they had to explain it and he just read a book and then taught himself to speak and he's the only pokemon who's ever done that anyway when the meowths are talking and they're like we're not so different and then the 3d movie dialogue is especially funny because they're like we're all living beings yeah but but mewtwo is a clone yes but he's still a living being like Pikachu. I was like, God, this is going in circles, I know. Like, the dialogue isn't very good. And of course, it's it's like, we should set aside our differences. If fighting is wrong, ETC, ETC. But like, I don't know, the Pokemon are cute, and they look really tired, and, and just the song. I don't have anything else to add to that. I elaborated on nothing, because I can't, I can't put my feelings into words oh but then but then pikachu silent cries in the 2d one pikachu like sobs in the 3d one i was unprepared for pikachu's sobbing and like he can't quite breathe when he's saying his little like pika pika when he's trying to wake up ash and i was like oh god this is so much worse that sounds horrible yeah like like, that sounds like it would scar you yeah, that whole yeah. that whole scene when Pikachu is trying to shock Ash back to life when he's turned to stone or whatever happened, and he just keeps yeah. he just keeps trying and then like crying and then shocking it again harder and then shocking him again and like he starts sobbing. It's just so much. Yeah, it's so like, much. Pika sobs. It's it's. I was I was also was I was also really upset. I was upset was like like stressed out when Pikachu was running up the stairs and like getting away yeah. from the Pokeballs, but also like when the when Mewtwo's Pokeballs are stealing all the trainer's Pokemon. Like that would be so traumatic to have your best friend slash pet stolen away from you like that. I know. And I remember really liking uh those Pokeballs. Like I liked that scene because I thought it was suitably dangerous as a kid. I was like, wow, this is the worst. And it still is the worst. Like that drama hasn't really gone down. I really like um that part of the plot the like the, he's just gonna take all these pokemon and peace out Kristen's favorite pokemon is just my favorite pokemon yeah he's going through a phase he doesn't he know who he is so he thinks he has to do this but he doesn't he wasn't given love as a child because he was never a child no and i think- cut him some slack Okay. No, I was just going to say that when I was younger, I definitely, like, got all teary-eyed. Maybe I actually cried. I don't know. But at the scene, especially not even just, like, now current current Kristen enjoys 
in a heartbreaking way when, yeah, Pikachu is trying to just electrocute Ash into coming back to life, not being stone, whatever you want to call it. Because it really is so heartbreaking, and he tries and tries until he can't shock him anymore. But for some reason, what impacted me when I was younger was when Ash was standing on the top of whatever marble statue thingy there is. And he just looks out at the arena, and he can see all these different Pokemon fighting. And with the song, and all the fighting, and the clones, it has it, like, it really affects you as a child. That, that's a lot. Especially I wasn't as affected like... watching it now, but but when I was little, like I still every now and then will just think about that song and that scene because it stuck. I think what got me the most about the Pokeballs specifically is just how tired everyone is fighting them off. Like specifically Pikachu, because we see it just it feels like such a long scene. It's not really that long. It's only like a couple minutes, but this movie is really economical. It's like an hour and 14 minutes and 10 minutes of that is devoted to the Mewtwo prologue. Yeah. So I was like, wow, this movie like really clips. And yet that part feels like it takes forever. And I just, I respect that it feels like it takes forever because I'm just so tired and sad by the end of the whole Pokeball sequence. And then by the whole, by the end of the fighting sequence too, because we also see Ash climbing down from that statue and that just looks really hard. So I'm like, wow, I can feel Ash's fatigue. I can feel the Pokemon fatigue. I'm just tired and sad. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the things that I felt even more watching the 3D version. Like, I think I think they each, the, the 2D version and the 3D version, each have, like, their own pros and cons. But I could really feel everybody just like how worn out they were and how sad they were and you know just that all really affected me a lot more I think watching the 3D version and maybe it's just because I watched it this afternoon and it's fresher in my mind but yeah that's weird to me because I agree that the 3D version had the Pikachu sobs which were difficult and I think the crying was really good. They did a really good job with, like, not just the tears flowing in to reanimate Ash, but, like, the tears in the Pokemon's eyes. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, God, those are real tears. But I thought the fighting itself looked a lot sillier than in the 2D because it was mostly, like, an arm moving in the direction of the other Pokemon. Yeah. And then a light bump. I thought the fighting with the 3D was just weird. Unless they didn't have the little, like, barks that they put on cartoon characters to signify they've been in a scuffle. Yeah. Though the Pikachu fight in the 3D version was still, like, really affecting. As as Pikachu just, like, keeps getting punched and uh, refuses slapped. to fight back. It's like, it's like, and And know. then the clone poke, and then the clone Pikachu is, like, gradually getting more and more tired, but still, like, wants to hit Pikachu. And like, uh, it was just really rough. Collapses. Although, watching this time, I know that like, the whole point is that when they're fighting their clone, they're like, equal, and so there won't ever really be a winner. But watching this time, I thought, okay, but you could have like, actual winners and losers if some of these Pokemon fought the other Pokemon, because strengths and weaknesses... And of course you're not going to... Like, I got annoyed that they weren't fighting well enough that someone could eventually have the (laughs) upper hand. (laughs) It was like, 
this is dumb. Why are they fighting themselves? That that, that won't solve anything. Fight Pikachu, okay? He's clearly tired of not fighting back. That's how you get the upper hand. Like, I don't know. Clearly, when- clearly 25-year-old me cares not about anyone. When they were doing the the trainer battles with Venusaur versus Venusaur, Blastoise versus Blastoise, they used, like, Razor Leaf first, and I was like, don't do that. It's not going to be effective, because he's also a grass Pokemon. That's not going to hurt them at all. What are you doing, you noob? <laughs> like, I was so frustrated. Like, like, use Tackle. Come on. Use any attack that isn't water, because water's not going to do anything. I got really frustrated. Like, Ash had the best battle strategy, and if Ash has the best battle strategy... It's not a good showing. <laughs> well, to to go like way too deep, I thought the clones fighting the originals was sort of like it felt kind of like a dramatization of the struggle that Mewtwo is going through, just like at war with himself and his identity and purpose and meaning or whatever. Oh, for sure. And in the end, there's like there's no winners. Yeah. There's only exhaustion and pain. Like it felt. No, but like for sure is very metaphorical and I, and I get it and I'm glad that they did it that way because it shows a message. But again, I'm like, if you had a Blastoise fighting <laughs> Pikachu, like eventually someone's going to lose that. Just well, do Pikachu's that. Pikachu's going to win that one. Stop. So I got annoyed. Was it, it wasn't like, art of war enough? <laughs> no, it was not. It was too much internal conflict, and I understand that, but I want violence. <laughs> I was both disappointed and relieved upon a, upon this rewatch. Something I never realized before this rewatch was that Team Rocket's Pokemon do not get caught up in this at all, except for Meowth a little bit. But Meowth isn't really like their Pokemon. Like, I don't know if I feel a strong way about it. I was just like, oh, wow, that's interesting. They didn't like feel the need to have their Pokemon go through this this same thing. Like, Team Rocket's whole role was literally just to stand, to, uh, discover plot-relevant information, tell it to no one, and then make a few quips in the side, and it's perfect, and I love it. But I do kind of wish that they their Pokemon also did a thing. But that's, but that's part of me just wanting Team Rocket to do more in general. One thing that I thought was dumb was the inconsistency with how the first three clones had the different markings on them, but then no other clone after that had any sort of markings. The animators got because, tired. Especially because one, yeah, well, that's not a good enough reason. No. Because I wanted them to look different because I thought the different markings were super cool. Like, I was really bummed that Charizard doesn't have those like red things like i just think he should a lot of people or that should be an option prefer the clone pokemon and i'm mad for their designs they're cool they're cool and that's that's my two cents i'm with you oh side note another thing 3d booby did that was wrong was um um the capsules that the pokemon are in the the tubes are just like mechanical lifty tubes instead of those weird amorphous blobs the Pokemon just surface out of? Like, come on. No, you gotta be a weird blob. Right? Like, those are cool. Those unsettle me in all the right ways. Yeah. I even watching it now was like, there's there's no logic to how they come out of there. And I know that I shouldn't look for logic because this is Pokemon and uh, one of the movies and all these other things, whatever. 
But I still, I still was like, it doesn't make sense. And I love that it doesn't make sense. They just like climb on yeah. out of there. And there's, they're like, that's it. And then they all just keep going. And, and it's got like the weird, It makes yeah. no sense. And it's fantastic. It's wonderful. And they replaced that with just boring mechanical tubes that just raise enough so the Pokemon can walk out of there normally. Who approved that? No. Yeah. Not, not great. Oh, I guess. I guess we should maybe talk about the origins of Mewtwo. Yeah. I had, it seemed like there were two sort of questions that were like, has science gone too far? And the scientists on the island have been trying to clone a Pokemon for years to like, quote unquote, test their theories, which I guess is, has to do with giving them like genetically enhanced powers. But I, I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure what, creating the world's strongest pokemon was supposed to achieve it's it's to be able to better everyone i mean that's like the super villain thing in any movie now is that like they always want to create like a superhuman or just to get rid of weaknesses and have like the best one and that's what they tried to do except again it was it was a like has science gone too far especially because uh mewtwo is sentient and he isn't just like blindly doing what they say and he's very aware he's very like why was i created why was i born and to pull an ian malcolm it was all very like just because you can doesn't mean you should and i don't know i think it's very interesting i sort of like i think that's part of the reason that i like him so much is that he has a very interesting background and it's not just the usual, like, ah, oh, I'm a Pokemon because I am. He's, like, created, and he's coming to terms with it. And he had a bad childhood because he was in a factory, and that's not fun. But, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just scientists being evil because they can be. I had more that I was going to say, and then I lost it during this talk, so maybe it'll come back to me. I think the implication is that they wanted Mewtwo to, like, do stuff for them like they were going to have a traditional trainer pokemon relationship but then youtube was like what's up i think therefore i am and uh blew everything up because he couldn't handle it but also everything in the pokemon world is about pokemon like it's not like oh we have some cute squirrels outside it's like like pokemon is the only thing anybody talks about in the pokemon world so just creating the strongest Pokemon ever feels like without an end game necessarily in mind, it feels like a very on par thing for Pokemon <laughs> characters to do. Okay. Especially because they're like the ancient Pokemon Mew. Like, what do you mean the ancient Pokemon Mew? Is it, has it been around forever? Is this an ancient culture who observed Mew? Like, what do you mean? Where did you get this information? No, you never get it for Pokemon. They just drop legendary Pokemon names and put the word ancient in front of it. And they're like, backstories. So like this, the, that whole opening tracks very, very well with how Pokemon works as a universe. Okay. I guess that makes sense. I just wasn't sure if it was like, is Mewtwo supposed to be the best fighter? Like in... in was it like the Olympics doping scandal where the Russians entered a Mewtwo into the figure skating competition or whatever? <laughs> and like Mewtwo was just going to destroy all the other Pokemons I in fights and win win all the prizes or whatever? I don't 
I don't think they know is the <laughs> problem. I don't know. I just sort of interpreted, and maybe this is my own just interpretation and not at all rooted in any sort of actual facts or backstory or lore, but I just sort of interpreted it as almost like Hallie said that it could have been a typical Pokemon trainer relationship, but I don't think they were ever going to do that. I can imagine it would have been like either one, you make more of these, so you almost get like an army, or two, you have him act almost as your lackey. And so if you are a bad person who has this very powerful Pokemon, you can do all these things because we saw that it was, oh no, that was after the fact. That was after Mewtwo blew everything up that he saw the uh, Team Rocket guy. But I just sort of assumed it was nefarious things because that's how all sort of things are people are like let's make a terminator and not think about all the consequences that come with making a terminator i think they were trying to just make a terminator and they made mewtwo who could have been a terminator but he has a heart of gold so he didn't also mewtwo was just they just explained mewtwo's powers away by being like telepathy Right. Well, psychic. Right. <laughs> and that's it. Which is which has always bothered me just a little bit because psychic is a type of Pokemon, and um, it's it's they've run into psychic Pokemon before, and virtually the only way to beat them is to get a ghost Pokemon. At least in the show, in the game, you're fine if you get like any other type. Um, so I was just like, well, it's no fun if he can just pick everything up with his mind like that's not a real battle that's just an exchange of blows except the other person doesn't get to land anything because like, yeah i guess he's the world's most powerful pokemon but he feels so like i don't remember what i what i started out trying to say i got annoyed again in the movie when all these other pokemon kept like going after mewtwo trying to stop him and i'm like he can clearly just like freeze you midair and throw you across the room he's done this (laughs) that you can like go in there with your little water blast your little electrocution and be like yeah but i'm different so i'm gonna stop him like no you're not headbutt isn't going to work and that other trainer side note i love that there are these side trainers who do not matter at all like like, like they never show up again they they're not i feel like they could have at least taken trainers who've showed up in the show or made interesting people but they didn't uh these rando trainers who don't matter one of them was like i underestimated you before but i won't make that mistake again i was like i mean you're just gonna list an attack and then it's gonna not work that's how this works how many how many random trainers do you think drowned in the storm oh my god i don't know because in the original <laughs> like movie, dozens I, like a lot because in the 2d one it's just those three who you see going out and they're fine they're all at the place but in the 3d one you see more people and i was really excited i was like oh my god are there more trainers in this one because one person had like a scyther and they were flying across with a scyther and i thought that was cool and there was another person. Isn't Scyther the green, the green one that's like, yeah, that's like, and it can fly like a praying mantis. That one and guy had Scyther. Used that. He did, but in this one, there was another trainer who also had a Scyther who was using the Scyther to fly across the storm. There were more trainers in the three D one, using more Pokemon to fly who were not then at the palace. And then Nurse Joy 
brainwashed Nurse Joy is like, if they can't get through the storm, then a trainer doesn't deserve to be here. And I was like, oh shit, like they're dead. We will never see them again. They They drowned in the middle of the ocean. ocean. They killed off some trainers. That's metal. I also totally, totally forgot that Nurse Joy had been taken and then brainwashed. And so when they had the invitation and they saw the lady on the little hologram and then Brock later on sees the poster of Nurse Joy, I thought that when he said, oh, she looks familiar, it was just part of the running gag about how, like, all the different nurses look the same. Or is it the police officers who look the same? Or is it both? both? I don't know. But I thought it was a running gag. And then when we saw her again, when they finally make it to the island and they're there, I'm like, oh... That's what he meant. She's Nurse Joy. I see. She sure is. I'd completely forgotten though. Yeah, I liked in the two D version, which isn't it isn't in the in the new one. The Harbor Master has this whole speech about like if they're real Pokemon trainers, they'll make it through the storm. Godspeed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was That's like, oh my god, they're just gonna die. <laughs> Yeah, well, like, you had asked, like, do they do a lot of camping and stuff? And it's like, yeah, like, Pokemon is an adventure. This world is not developed in the... There there are no (laughs) roads everywhere. The infrastructure isn't very good. People just travel all the time through hazardous environmental conditions, like storms. And also Uh, there's ten. And also they're ten. And sometimes they don't have a Gyarados or a Pidgeotto to fly them across things. And they have to rely on a small turtle to swim swim across across the the ocean. (laughs) I really like the scene where, because uh, they're like, our Pokemon aren't strong enough to get across the water. Like, we can't, we can't do that, which is a good call. But I really like when Star, when Staryu and Squirtle do it anyway, because they're great. I just think that whole scene is fun and is like the kind of adventure that the Pokemon trainers do all the time. Also, I respect that Team Rocket brute forced their way through a storm with Weezing, who is not a water Pokemon. Yeah, I just no. I just made no, no sense. It just he floats, and they were like, "You can hold on to a to a wheezing, so that provides at least some level of buoyancy." I guess I respect it. I love it. Yeah, I was surprised that they. I mean, I wasn't surprised that they made it because, I, I mean, I know that they're a big part of the show, but when they just showed up, I was like, "That didn't. That that something doesn't seem right here. How did that happen?" <laughs> Yeah, because Weezing, they don't have a single water Pokemon between them, I'm pretty sure. That's why James buys the Magikarp and ruins everything for everybody. We know how that turns out. We sure do. I think that's, I think that's everything. I had some questions about Destiny. About Destiny's role in Pokemon, the first movie? Yeah, well, Destiny in, like, the series in general, like... You're my destiny. Yeah, it's it, it's in the song. It Mewtwo is just is like, am I just an experiment, a laboratory specimen? This cannot be my destiny. And helicopter guy G- Giovanni is that that his name? Giovanni, yeah, evil Team Rocket man. He's you know he says something like, Pokemon are used for human purposes. They live for human sake. Like that's sort of their destiny or whatever. It comes up again in the fight with Mew, or Mewtwo's like, I have no time for games. Destiny is at hand. Who'll rule? My super Pokemon or your pathetic group of inferior Pokemon? And it just seemed like, how much how much of that is like a, a Pokemon thing? Like, everybody's 
trying to follow their destiny of greatness or whatever. Pretty, pretty prevalent, but, like, it also never really engages in a larger conversation. Like, the most you get about destiny is Mewtwo talking about destiny. And even then, he just kind of uses the word. It's, it's not, it never becomes, like, a theme, really. It's just, it's thrown around a lot. And they use it as, like, a driving force for things. Which I guess kind of makes it a theme. But I don't know. They, I mean, it's not a theme in the sense of it ever becomes something the characters struggle with. It's a theme in the sense of, it's my destiny to meet this Pokemon. That, okay. That, that kind of a thing. Sure. Okay. I see it as almost probably more just a vehicle to get somewhere beyond just, I want to have a star you so i'm going to go get a star you yeah. it's probably got to be something more drastic than that purely for like audience engagement just to be like it is my destiny to have a star you and have a water pokemon and do this and not to say that mewtwo's whole arc thing was just that as sort of a like vehicle to get from point a to point b because I think he has a bit more weight to his story. But I think, you know, when someone says, oh, it's my destiny to become this, it's more like, nah, maybe it's your destiny. But I think it's just, you want to become a Pokemon trainer. And we have to make this more interesting. So now your want is your destiny. And that's yeah, almost like, the beginning and the end of the it. Whole, like, yeah, because in the game, you know, you just go around catching things, but that would be boring in the show. So they make everything, like, a bigger deal, and they have stories behind when you meet certain Pokemon and friends and all that, which is a good move. I like it. You've I was about to ask if you've seen Pokemon 2000, but, like... I haven't. Of course you haven't, so I don't know why I even considered that you had. You should watch Pokemon 2000. Destiny's a little bit more relevant in Pokemon 2000. Okay. It's not as good as Pokemon the first movie, but it is it is a Pokemon movie. No, so I enjoy it. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to talk about? No, but one thing that I did think of earlier when we were talking about the other Meowth is that one thing I thoroughly enjoyed about this movie for basically no reason is the sound that the other Meowth makes when he first goes up to Team Rocket Meowth and does this little meow sound. I don't know why, but I love that sound. I'm like, this is so cute. What a cute little kitty. I don't know. I, it gets me every time. That is not at all a key point, but I just felt like it had to be shared. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. I hope you watch it again and you pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Hallie, was there anything else you wanted to talk That's about? Not particularly. I think I've I think I've I've talked a lot this episode because Pokemon's pretty important to me. I do want to reiterate how upset I was when you said you didn't get Team Rocket. Uh, <laughs> did I answer all of your questions about Team Rocket and what they do and what their MO is? I think so. Okay. They're so great in the show, is the thing. Like I remembered, like, while I was watching this movie, I was like, man. I really like Pokemon. Like, I was just reminded about how much I love it. And I was like, I really like Team Rocket, man. I forgot they're my favorite characters. I gotta rewatch some of the show just to see, like, what Team Rocket's up to nowadays. Because it's still on, you see. Uh, things are still happening. They're, still, still, they're still making Pokemon? 
Mm-hmm. But there are just like a lot more Pokemon now, and they're in a different region. Um, and some characters that like Misty and Brock are no longer there. Um, Ash has some new friends, and I can't remember if I know there are some new Team Rocket members, but I don't know if they are recurring or if they replaced Jesse and James. I don't know. I have to look it up. But I I'm interested to know just for me. This isn't relevant to catching up David anymore. <laughs> yeah, I when I said that I didn't get Team Rocket, it's it's because the only things that I knew about them is that like there were the there's Jesse and James and that they had a cat. And yeah. I didn't even know their names. I, I That's all you need to know. But yeah, I, and, and like they're sort Rocket. of like that they're sort of the villains, but I didn't understand like what they were after or why they were villains or what they had against Ash or anything like that. Any of the They're like really they're like really fun villains because they're ineffective. Okay. And they're like I don't know. I think they're better trainers than Ash. They're just nicer to their Pokemon. And then like in the in the 3D version, like Giovanni shows up and like there was Team Rocket stuff going on with him and there was like oh, that one that there's that, that one shot where you get like this army of people or whatever in this giant like hangar and i was just like what this is so much this is so much more than i thought team rocket was i thought team rocket was just like the two of them i don't mind um them showing like how how big team rocket is and making them clearly sinister but in the 2d one Giovanni's face is always in shadow, which is appropriate. Like, I hated seeing Giovanni's whole face. He's nothing when you see his whole face. Like, like even in the game, he's, his head is down a little bit, and there's shadow over his eyes, so you only see his nose down because he's scary. He's a big, scary crime boss. And I like that he's a big, scary crime boss. And I was really upset with the way the 3D movie was treating him as not a big, scary crime boss. He was just kind of there... Yeah, he was just kind of a guy in a helicopter. It was upsetting. Yeah, and... And, like, I guess he wanted to take over the world with Mewtwo, but... That's his goal. That's his eventual goal. But, like... You stop him in the games. You stop him as, like, a ten-year-old punk. It's amazing. You you undo his entire... uh, His entire criminal syndicate in the course of one afternoon. With, you know, Pikachu... (laughs) And maybe a Pidgeotto. It's amazing. <laughs> Excellent. That's all. That was my final note. Just making sure you appreciate Team Rocket. I I best. do have a better appreciation for them now. Okay. Good. Okay. So for next episode, from deep within the jungles of the Amazon, a warrior princess sets out to protect her home from deforestation and plunder. With her lasso of truth in hand, she leaves for the big city metropolis in her invisible jet plane, which has probably been retconned out of this movie, but not out of this preview. Once there, she confronts the evil corporate powers from destroying her native land, and seeing the sad state the city is in, she takes it upon herself to clean up corruption and crime the only way she knows how. Punching. Also, she makes some super friends along the way. I know I made her sound a little bit like Captain Planet, but no. For next time, we're watching Wonder Woman, a character I only know of from goofy cartoons from the 70s, so it will be exciting to see what a more serious film does with her. 
Wonder Woman. I am jazzed. I love Wonder Woman. I think it's great. It's good stuff. Yeah. So, I can neither confirm nor deny any of those plot details. Same here. Yeah, I'm sure that that's not what actually happens. But the only thing I know about her really is from Super Friends. Did you ever watch the Super Friends cartoon? No, I did not. I don't even know what that is. It was like this really goofy and kind of cheesy Hanna-Barbera like Justice League cartoon from the 70s. I think it ran up through the 80s. But like it has it has like Superman and Batman and everybody, but they're all like really kind of lovable and dopey. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, it's it is really fun. But they they played it on Cartoon Network all the time as when I was a child, so I watched a lot of that. But yeah, Wonder Woman, she's got her invisible jet. She's got her lasso. I hope at least one of those things is in the movie. Those are things that she has. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully, now that we've been recording this for two hours, the sound is... <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> the, sound the sound is good. Works good. out. The, the recordings are going strong from my end, so... Mine, mine as well. It looks like everything is recording, but... We will find out shortly. We'll find out. Yeah. So thanks for hopefully listening, everybody, if this is releasable. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. This is, yeah. And if it's only semi-listenable, thanks for bearing with us as we try to figure out how to podcast during Corona. Yeah. Yeah, I hope everybody is staying safe and socially distancing and wear a mask wearing masks wear a mask oh wait i got hang on i got a new face mask and it came in like yesterday and it was really good timing because it's a team rocket face mask oh nice yeah to protect the world from devastation somebody drew a picture of jesse and james wearing these face masks with that part of their motto and then I liked it, so I ordered it. And it came in as I was watching Pokemon the first movie, and I was very happy. Perfect. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Until next time, whenever next time is. Goodbye.